And um, many times we deviate from God's original plan. But how many know this is what we have to be careful of with this grace message? We think that because we, God has been with us before, he's always going to be with us no matter what we do. And that is damnable as eternal security. Ain't nobody going to help me today, but that's all right. You're not going to be able to walk through your life doing what you want to do as you want to do it, living life to yourself and expect the blessing of God to continue to stay upon your life. There is something that is a bad word. It's a cuss word in the church today. But God said, without it, you'll never see him. understand here today that the presence of God wants to go with us every step of the way but we've got to be obedient to the heavenly call amen we've got to be obedient to the word of God over our lives what has God told you not to touch and it doesn't even have to be sinful God can say don't touch there's nothing wrong with gold there's nothing wrong with silver. Huh? There's nothing wrong with fine garments, right? But God said, don't touch it because it belongs to me. What is it you're touching? And God said, don't touch it, but you're doing it anyways. It's time for us to go to our tent and check it out. There is a high cost for irresponsibility. This is what I want us to understand today. Your decision determines the kind of harvest that you will reap. Galatians 6 and 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap uh, of the flesh corruption. But he who sows of the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Amen. Listen, watch this. We get to make the decision, but we don't get to choose the consequences. We get to make the decision. Are we going to sow sparingly? Or are we going to sow bountifully? We get to choose. Are we going to do good? Are we going to chew evil? Are we going to speak life? Or are we going to speak death? And we get to make that decision, but we don't get to choose the consequences of it. Achan chose what he did, but he did not get to choose the consequences of what he did. Listen. This is what I, I want. I want you to hear this today. Your decision impacts other people. Irresponsibility is contagious because it looks like that they're getting away with it. 
So other people think I can get away with it too. But the the understanding that I have of that is simply this, that everybody has a payday. Some people get paid every week. Some people get paid bi-weekly. And some people get paid once a month. But everybody gets paid. Huh? And what you sow, you will reap. It may not be this week, it may not be uh, two weeks from now, it may not be, but you will pay the price for what you sow. Whatever you sow is going to reap. Achan's name means trouble. Ain't that interesting? You don't want to hang around trouble. And I'm going to show you why in just a few minutes. Joshua chapter 7 and verse 10. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie uh, here on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant from which I command them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their stuff. And therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. God's telling them what's happened here, right? But turn their backs before their enemies because they have come, become doomed to destruction. Neither will they uh, be with you anymore unless you destroy the curse from among you. Now my problem with this is not one time was Achan mentioned. Go ahead and put that back up there for the sake of those who might not have it handy. Verse 11, Israel has sinned. And they, no God, it was Achan. No, God said they have transgressed. For they have even taken some of the accursed. No God, it was Achan. And they have also put among their stuff. No, it wasn't all of Israel. It was just Achan, God. Israel says Achan. God says Israel. God says they. And Israel says no, it was him. Right? This is my question today. Who is going to pay for the fallout of my decision? Will my kids pay? Will my wife pay? My spouse pay? Whatever the situation is. Will my church pay? Will my friends pay? Who will pay the price for my stupidity? Who's going to pay the price For me being disobedient to what God said to do. One guy gives in to lust and the whole community pays the price for it. Amen. So this is a truth. What you sow, I reap if I am connected to you. I'm going to say that again. What you sow, I reap if I'm connected to you. There's a story of a father that he said, 
he, he went into the bathroom and there was a towel laying in the bathroom and he called his son and he said, son, is this your towel? He said, yes, dad, I'll get that. He said, no, no, no. He said, ask me to pick it up for you. He said, no, dad. I'll, he said, no, ask me to pick it up for you. He said, dad, would you pick up my towel? He said, yes, son. He reached down, picked up the towel and put it in the hamper. A little later, he walked into the room and his room was a mess and he called his son in. He said, son, is this all of your clothes all over this room? He said, yes, dad. He said, I'll get it. He said, no, no. He said, call your mama up here and ask your mama to pick up these clothes for you. He said, no, dad, I'll, I'll take care of this. He said, no, no. Call your mother up here now. He called his mother up and he said, now ask her to pick up these clothes for you. She said, mom, would you pick up these clothes? He said, yes, son, I'll pick them up. And, and she gathered up all of his clothes and took them to the washroom. And he said this. He said, you, your irresponsibility has caused me to clean up your mess. Your, your responsibility is causing someone else a mess that they have to clean up. Amen. When you're connected to people who are sowing bad seed, you're going to have to clean up their mess. I don't mind cleaning up my mess. Huh? I don't mind. I made messes myself. And if I made the mess, I don't mind cleaning it up. Where I get weary is whenever I have to clean up other people's messes. Huh? Amen. And the fact of it is when we're irresponsible, when we're disobedient, we're going to create a mess that someone has to clean up. Amen. Someone has to clean up the mess that is created by irresponsible people who are, that they are connected themselves to. Achan sins and they take Achan, his wife, and his children to the valley and kill every one of them. Right? You got to be careful who you connect yourself to because you're going to reap what they sow. Amen. Forgiveness may not cancel the consequences of your decision. You say, well, I prayed and God forgave me. Yes, you prayed and he forgave you, but the consequences of what you've sown already in that field, you're going to reap. Why? Because of the law of sowing and reaping. So if I'm tired of reaping bad seed or a bad harvest, then I've got, and I've got a lot of bad seed in the ground, the good news is I can start planting in a new field. I can start planting a, for a harvest that is a good harvest. I start sowing into good seed, into a good harvest. Before you can go forward, you have to go back to where you buried the thing that you have not dealt with. Right? 
The thing that you, you have buried but have not dealt with. God never said for us to bury it. He said for us to deal with it. And so he's wanting us to sow this seed. But he is wanting us to understand that we've also got to deal with what we have done in our past. The seed that we have sown. Right? And I'm concerned today about this loose gospel, if it's even called that, a loose gospel, where that you just do whatever you want to do, live however you want to live, and there are no consequences. No, the devil is a liar. Amen? You've still got to sow good seed. You've still got to sow good seed because there is a harvest coming from whatever you sow. Amen. And I know there's been a lot of preaching and I believe in it. Seed time and harvest. I believe in you can do that with finances, but it's not just about finances. It's about every area of your life. What you sow, you're going to reap. And so if I want joy in my life, I need to sow joy into somebody else's life. If I want blessing, then I need to sow blessing. If I want the favor, then I need to sow favor. Whatever it is that I want, praise God, I've got to sow that. And in due season, I'm going to reap my harvest from whatever I have sown. And so the order of God that he has always intended is this, is that we are people that understand sowing and reaping. And we are also people that understand that we don't just hang out with everybody all the time. And I know somebody, you know, I, I said this one time and somebody said, well, Jesus did. Well, I got news for you. You're not Jesus. Amen. And I got more news for you. Jesus didn't hang out with them all the time. He only went to minister to them. Amen. He went and ministered to them. How do you know whenever you are being affected in a negative way versus you affecting them in a positive way? It's when you begin to look more like them than they look like you. Amen. In other words, if you're not rubbing off on them, and they're rubbing off on you. Amen. And as a result, we're becoming like them instead of us becoming or them coming like us. You can't hang around the dead and expect to have life. You can't hang around negative people and expect to be positive. Amen. You, you find you somebody that's negative, and I'll just use this example. You find somebody that's negative about this church, and you hang around them long enough, you're going to become negative about it. You find somebody that is a negative about a person, I'll use Brother John because he loves me. <laughs> If, if you hang around a person that has got it out for Brother John, says he's a no good, nothing scandal, and you just don't know how terrible he, after a while, you're going to start saying that. Amen. And so there has to be a change in us. There's got to be something to rise up. 
I had a man one time, he would, he, he would talk about a person that's in my life that I, I, find, I find leadership from and find strength from and, and it speaks into my life. And, and he knew that, but he, he, he made it a point to be negative or critical about this, this, this man of God. And I told him once, I said, I said this, I said, hey, don't, don't, don't say nothing about it no more. Keep it to yourself if you feel that way, because this is a man of God that speaks into my life. He, he said it again. He got brought it up again. And that time I told him, look, I'm thankful that you're my friend, but I got a lot of friends. I don't need you, but I need this man of God so you can get out of my life. But I need him. You say, well, that ain't very Christian. Oh, no, it is. It is. Because we need people around us that are solid. We need people that will speak truth into our lives. We need people that'll be, that are close enough to us that will speak truth even if we don't want to hear it. Amen. Don't need somebody all the time going around telling me, yeah, that's all right. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. No, no, sometimes I need people to say, hey, you're getting negative. Amen. I need somebody to say, you need to watch that because uh, you, you aren't talking like you usually talk and you're not saying what you normally say. And, and, and there's influence that needs to be broken off of your life. Amen. If we're not careful, we'll find ourselves. Uh, I, I, I need to be more lean toward that of Saul. Right. That even though he didn't have it all together, he got into an anointed place. Amen. And begin to be used of God. We, we, uh, how many know if you're in that anointed place long enough, your life is going to change. If you lean in on that anointing, you lean in on that atmosphere, you lean in on worshipers. See, whatever you're around, that's what's going to, you, you, you are 85% if your personality is going to be created. So if you, if you are around people that look like they're, you know, washed with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar. And that's what your lips are going to turn inside out. You're going to be puckered up all the time, mad about something, right? But if you got around somebody that's got the spirit of joy on them, that joy will become contagious in your life until you put a smile on your face, even though it may be difficult times. Amen. My father was one of the best at it. It could be raining hailstones the size of golf balls. And he'd come in with a smile, say, ain't this a beautiful day? And I'm thinking, what in the world are you talking about? But it wasn't about the circumstance. It was about his mindset was, this is the day the Lord's made. And it may be raining golf balls outside, but this is a day I'm going to rejoice in it. Right? Amen. So I want to hang out with those kind of people because I, I could have the tendency of Achan. I could have the tendency of Saul. But if I can hang around some godly people, I'm going to learn how to do what they're doing. Right? You know why the church is so quiet today? It's because we don't have people to show the next generation how to worship. You can hear a mouse tap dancing on cotton in here today. Huh? 
I'm not living in the past, but you know why 25 years ago that people would have been amen in the word of God saying, I'll take that. You know why it wouldn't have been silent while we were worshiping and while the word is being preached? Because a generation taught other generations how to worship God. I I watched my grandparents worship God. I watched my parents worship God. I watched watch church folk as they worship God. I watched watch Grandpa Arbigas. That's what we called him. What was he? About 98 years old. And, and he only had one arm. It had been cut off in, in, a, in an accident in coal. And, and Grandpa, he would begin, they would begin to sing songs and begin to hear the word of God. And I'd see the Holy Ghost get on him and he would do a Holy Ghost shake. And then he would get up and begin to worship God. I want to tell you that, that what I, I hear it in my spirit that we have raised up a generation that don't know how to respond to the spirit amen it's not that we're anti it's not that we're against it we just don't know how to respond to it when it shows up but I want to get around some folks that know how to respond when God shows up (laughs) I want to get around folks that know how to worship God in the difficult times to say I will yet bless the Lord at all times and his praise is going to be in my mouth I, I want to be around people that know how to seek his face and say God it may be a difficult day but you're a good God and so I'm going to bless you today I want that to rub off on my life Amen. And I do not want to be irresponsible where someone else has to clean up my mess. Amen. Achan, you've caused a mess for Israel. And now Israel has to clean up your mess. Sometimes we need to clean up our own tent. Amen. Well, pastor, what do I know stays and what, how do I know what goes? Oh, that's easy. Whatever you've hid, get rid of it. Amen. What you got out on the walls... <laughs> What you got in the front yard for everyone to see? What you got hanging on the front door? That's all okay. That ain't what God's after. God's after what you've got hid back in the closet. God's after what you've got hid under the tent. Amen. God's got hid. God's after what you bring out after dark. So nobody can see what's going on. Amen. It isn't just about putting on a show on Sunday to say I'm holy. I'm super saint. No, no. It ain't about all that. Everybody can put on the show. Superman could get in a phone booth and come out. Or Clark Kent could come out Superman, right? Anybody can be Superman for an hour. I'm preaching now better than you're letting on. You say you're meddling. No, I'm getting where you're living. I'm getting where I'm living. Anybody can be Superman for an hour, but God wants to know what you're doing with Clark Kent. Who's Clark hanging with? Huh? Who are we hanging with? 
say, well, pastor, that's awful harsh and that's awful difficult. No, it's not harsh or difficult. Whenever people are affecting us to be irresponsible instead of us impacting them for life change to his goodness and his glory, it's time for us to release them so that we can walk in the favor of God, the blessing of God upon our own lives. Not only on our lives, but did you get it? He said for your descendants to be blessed. I don't know how long God will tarry. If I was to guess, I would say it won't be long. All the signs that are going on around about us. But this is one thing I do know. That if he tarries and I go by the way of the grave, I want to be a, leave a strong foundation and platform for my children and my grandchildren to stand on. Where that however difficult this world is, that they will not change their mind, but they will serve the Lord. So I have to look in my tent. I have to look at my heart. Search me, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked ways in me. Huh? Praise God. Everybody happy? Amen. You see, there's a shift going on in the body of Christ. I'm not going to keep you here all day. But there's a shift going on in the kingdom of God. And I know that there isn't a whole lot of people right now that want this kind of preaching. But there's a shift that's going to take place. Because the power of God is real. Living holy will bring the power and the presence of God. And we need his power and his presence. Because a fluff gospel, can, candy all the time is going to make one sick. It's good to get cotton candy every once in a while. It's good to get a Snicker bar every once in a while. But if you eat it all the time and that's all you ever get, your teeth's going to fall out. Your body's going to get sick. You're going to get sugar. You're going to die. Amen. But you see... I understand reaching the world, but I, what I'm talking to you about these first few months of this 2018 is not reaching the world. It's about getting God's house right so that when we reach the world, who is in here gets right with God, then we can influence those who are coming. Amen. As I told you last week, there's no reason for God to resurrect a one generation from the dead whenever the church is bleeding to death. Amen. He's got to heal the old woman, which is a representation of the church, a strong tower, somebody who's been faithful and committed throughout the years. He's got to stop the bleeding in the old woman before he goes and touches a 12-year-old girl and raises her from the dead. That's where we are today, my friends. That's where we are in the kingdom of God. And we're about to see a shift that's taking place. If you don't see it, then call me a false prophet. 
don't ever believe a word that I say. But if I'm a man of God, there's a shift that is taking place in this nation. And we're going to see a supernatural move of God like we never have before. But hear me, before we see it, we're going to see some troubled times that's going to shake whatever can be shaken. I've been telling you for a year, but I'm telling you again today, whatever can be shaken, including the church. Because whatever is not founded upon God, what's not ever founded upon the word of God, it doesn't matter what it says on the door. If it's not established in him, it's going to crumble and it's going to fall. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, you know that, but I'm telling you the truth. We've got to decide who we're going to hang with. Who are we going to be a part of? And I want to say it's for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be faithful to his kingdom. We're going to be faithful to his word. We're going to accomplish and be all and do all that he has ordained for us to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me today.